Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Embodied Podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton, and I have someone today that you are going to be so delighted to hear from because I am so delighted to hear from this person, and she is just a ray of light, a ray of sunshine, and I know that this incredible powerhouse woman is going to inspire you so much. This is a former client of ours uh, from maybe, gosh, over a year ago. This is Raven. She has come to share her experience, her journey, and you can kind of hear her story. Every story is unique. You know, there's my story, there's Sarah's story, Mariana's story, but I love hearing the unique stories from our different clients so that you, the listener, can just see all these different aspects of yourself reflected in these other stories. So without further ado, here's Raven. (laughs) Thank you for that introduction. Wow. I'm so happy to be here. And I truly mean whenever I see your face or see your name online or an email, it just makes me smile and just fills me with so much gratitude. I'm really, really honored to get to talk about this work today. So thank you. And I feel the exact same way about seeing your face (laughs) and seeing your name like you're just one of those people who I'm like, oh my God, it's Raven. <laughs> it's Raven. I'm a, I'm a huge Raven fan. Um, <laughs> so I'm so excited that you agreed to do this. Oh, absolutely. No, I so, could not be more excited. Yay. So let's let's start at the very beginning in the words of Fraulein Maria from Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm a theater kid and it just lives in my brain always. I love to hear in your, in your words, from your perspective, um, first of all, like, how did you stumble upon the corner of the internet in which healing embodied exists? Yeah. So that's going to take us kind of into (laughs) really where my whole mental health crisis journey started. So I was not following you guys at all until a very bad point of my life. So I kind of was in the midst of that. Um, I originally was going to a talk therapist. So I had started just feeling a sense of like not trusting myself, my thoughts, everything in my life for, you know, several months. And I was like, I got to get back into therapy. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like I can't sleep went to a talk therapist for a while and like increasingly was getting worse. Um, It was just a few months of, I would feel better like in the session. I'm like that, you know, dumping it all out, talking about things. And then an hour later would be like panicking. Um, And a lot of the topics that were coming up were relationship related. So I have a very steady partner who is now my fiance. So this story ends so well, yay. <laughs> but yeah, at the time we'd been together for a couple of years, we were talking about like moving in and potential engagement later and all these big life changes. And this is by far the healthiest relationship I had ever had. Um, she is so loving and kind and just wants me to be myself in every way which is something I had not experienced. So having all of these kind of relationship, anxiety, feelings coming up made no sense to me. So I was just very, very panicked. Um, And it was not helping with this therapist who was kind of like, well, maybe you should leave your partner. Like maybe something's wrong. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, holy crap. And, you know, I was freaking out um, because I somewhere deep down didn't want to do that. But I just didn't know how to live with these feelings. And 
Um, yeah, candidly, like it got really, really bad. And I say this because at the time, um, I did not know what relationship anxiety or relationship OCD were, which uh, officially, you know, realized I have OCD um, in a few different areas of my life, but relationship OCD was so foreign to me. So um, it got really, really bad because I didn't know what I was working with at all um, or how to possibly treat this. <laughs> so um, yeah, I like to talk about this this hard moment really just because I think some people hear OCD and they they get images of someone just being like organized or cleaning, but I genuinely was not okay. Um, I was having like prolonged panic attacks lying in bed, like with my partner. I went to the emergency room. I was being like pumped with medications. <laughs> I almost checked myself into like hospital setting for a while, but I even had the thought then that's not going to help me. Um, I just knew it. Like I knew that talking and thinking about all of this was making it worse. Um, so at the time my mom came and like stayed with me for, you know, like a month, um, making sure that quite frankly, I wasn't going to hurt myself. Like I, it was to that point. And, um, one night when I finally was able to kind of function a little bit better, uh, that means like me feeding my cat, <laughs> going to the bathroom and eating food. That's what I mean by functioning. Um, I went on Instagram one night and I was looking for some quote that had like helped me in my life at some point. And your page popped up. First thing, I was not following you. I think Google probably did that, to be honest, because I was looking up all this stuff about like, is my partner the one? Am I with the right person? Why am I freaking out about moving in with my partner? All these questions. So Google was probably like, hey, what about these people? Um, but I like to think maybe it was more than just Google. Uh, I like to think that it's just exactly what I needed. So I saw that pop up looked immediately at your website, went down a rabbit hole of watching testimonials. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what's happening to me. And it was really the first time since that started that first of all, I felt like seen and understood. Um, I really did not know anyone who had gone through this. And you know, the other part of it was that it felt like there was something else out there for me to try that I was completely unaware of before that. Um, I really thought I had tried everything. And so I was feeling very disheartened and wondering how to kind of keep living. Um, so I'm just so glad. Thank you, Instagram and Google and whoever else helped to to connect some of these dots from from my you know, really intense searching for answers at that time, it somehow led me to, to healing embodied. So I am so grateful. I am like literally over here, like tearing up because, you know, when people come to work with us, we kind of hear like what they're experiencing and we hear some of the story that preceded them finding us, but like hearing your story in this way is just like, Woo, it is like hitting me hard in my feels. And um, I'm just so grateful to whatever algorithm gods, you know, I, I kind of hate on the algorithm a lot, but like, he, I am just so grateful, like to hear like that you were in such a bad place that you thought about hurting yourself, that you felt like you couldn't function. And for, I'm just really humbled, like, freaking blown away that like my Instagram account did that for you, like gave you this feeling of feeling so seen and this glimmer of hope. And I'm just, wow. I'm yeah. I'm having a moment here. Um, <laughs> no, it, it still gets me even thinking about that, that period of time. And obviously where I am now, I, I did not know when I saw that page come up that 
it was going to change my life that much. <laughs> I had a glimmer of hope that I hadn't felt um, for a long time, but it turned into more than a glimmer over time. So I, yeah, thank, thank God that that, that turned up. But um, yeah, I'll even say like, I I really can't imagine if I hadn't had you guys pop up at that time, like what I would have even tried next in terms of treatment, because I didn't know like movement, body work would have been any type of help to me at that time. My, my nervous system was shot. So like I couldn't sleep. I was like shaking just, you know, nonstop. And like I said, they were kind of trying different meds on me and things like that. So it, I really at that point actually didn't think I was going to be able to like get out of my bed to <laughs> participate, but I just heard the stories. That was it. Like I was watching videos of people who were like, this is where I was. And this is the work that, that really saved my life or helped me to get closer to my partner again, or to find love again. And um, yeah, some of those first sessions with you guys, like I was on the couch or I was like in my bed with my laptop and I'm like, I'm going to do what I can do here. Fast forward a few months later, I'm like dancing around in my kitchen. So, um, it was just incredible. Um, and I really can't imagine not finding you. Oh, my heart, my heart. <laughs> I am curious to hear like, you, your, if you can remember and recall, like your first impression of doing the work with us, because like you said, you didn't know anything like this existed. You'd never tried anything like this. And it, listen, I know it's weird. Listen, I know how it comes across. So I'm curious to hear, like, if you can remember your first impressions of starting to do movement therapy work. Yeah, I mean, it definitely... <laughs> wasn't something, as I said, that I thought would have been helpful initially. Um, but it was the testimonies that did it for me. And when I first came in, um, I felt so numb at that time that it was a little bit difficult to even like engage. And I think that probably happens for a lot of people when they first come in, they're just like, I can't feel much at all. And that's, you know, a big part of what brings them there. Um, but I, I do remember, you know, I thought that it was going to be like dancing sort of, <laughs> and I hadn't really thought about what was connected to the movements. I was like, I don't know how this is going to help me. I had danced a lot in my life. I took dance classes and love hip hop. And I was like, I don't know what this is going to do, <laughs> but it really was through such a different lens that, that I started to see honestly, in like the first couple sessions, even the first one, I think you guys were just so real and in your emotions that I was like, this is enticing to me. I don't know how this is going to like work yet, but it just felt so honest and so real in all of the emotions. And that was something that in my numbness, I knew I needed. I was like, you know, pain and, and all of that sucks sometimes to feel, but it almost felt better to feel some of those things through the screen than feeling lifeless. Um, and so that really was my first thing that I noticed. I was like, they are alive on this screen and I want to live. And this is, you know, what I'm doing here right now. I, I just want to live and they're alive. So like, how do I touch that again? Because I'd been alive before, but I was like, for some reason, I'm not right now. And I need to to dig into this. And um, that's really what it was. It wasn't just like a dance class. I, it was so much deeper than that on an emotional, spiritual level for me. Wow. Like hearing you say like you witnessed aliveness and because you had been in this like numb shutdown state which a lot of people with anxiety get to that point where the anxiety and the panic is too much too overwhelming that they just shut down and feel numb and feel nothing so for you to like see that see in our work aliveness even if it is feeling pain and feeling the ugly emotions and processing that 
for you to see that and be like, there was like a, a, a wisdom in you. That's like numbing isn't, isn't going to cut it. Like numbing isn't a long-term solution. And I want to access my aliveness again. And I'm, I'm curious to hear, because this is what we come up against a lot with people who are like, oh, dance movement therapy. Like I'm not a dancer. Like this is, I'm, I'm no dance. No. So I, I'm, I like that you're bringing this up. So how would you differentiate like a dance class versus what we do in our work? Yeah, I guess maybe this will <laughs> a slight lens from my dance experience, which was more in the past or me just dancing in my my room now or something. But um, a lot of times I was really just dancing as like a means of fun, excitement. I was like in glee club. So it was like with a lot of people um, and we weren't really connecting it to our art personal stories it was like everybody have a good time um at least from what I had done before now that's probably different for maybe different styles of dance or different people's experiences but uh with this it felt less like a performance less like it was just for fun um and it really felt like the most raw just embodying of an emotion um, or an experience that that we were having. Because um, I guess that is maybe an even better way to put it is just not performative, um, whether that's fun or not. But for me, it usually was. And I was not having fun then. So, I was, you know, in there and I'm like, okay, this is different. They're, they're not discouraging me from being really upset or feeling grief, or feeling panic, like I could actually move my body in, in an appropriate way with an emotion, and that was very new to me. Um, normally, it was like I'm on stage, and I'm trying to just dance along with a song, whatever that song was saying, and it was fun, and performance mode, which is great, too, but um that would not have helped me the way that this did to to really access what was happening like really deep down inside of me. Um, there was a lot in there that quite frankly, I knew I needed to feel, but when it started to come up, I didn't want to feel it either. Um, there are a lot of things that were very hard about this work, but I cannot recommend it enough because the the other side of it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced yeah so I hear you describing like you know this work helps you to like access and express and alchemize like the painful stuff that like a normal dance class isn't gonna touch it's not supposed to touch that stuff right dance is about technique expression fun performance whatever and you're describing this experience of connecting with these like depths of your soul and having an expression of that through your body, even the stuff like grief and pain. And like, we're not telling you, okay, these are the, the moves that you do. It's like this natural expression that your body, your body creates and that your body comes up with versus like us putting something on you and saying, mm -hmm. okay, do these moves. It's like, you're listening to the the body's wisdom of how to express this emotion and process it and alchemize it. And, you know, you, you mentioned like it was really, really hard at times because I didn't want to feel that. And the other side of it was so beautiful. So what was it that you experienced through like embodying and expressing these really, really painful emotions? Like what was the result of finally doing that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what came up for me that was hard to deal with was trauma and, and grief. So I, in the past, had done talk therapy for, for different traumatic events and things. I have a lot of, I mean, I'm in the LGBT community, so I identify as queer. I've been in a lot of, like, super conservative religious circles, have been in abusive relationships before. So, like, parental divorce we we can just keep going <laughs> but 
all that to say, there was a lot in there that I thought I had dealt with. I was kind of like, oh, well, I talked about this. I did worksheets and different cognitive exercises and um, realized that my body still was experiencing these things like somewhere deep down, even if my mind tried to kind of talk itself out of those things. Um, the trauma eventually caught back up to me because it really had not been allowed to to speak. Um, and I think through this process, it was the most healing thing for so many of these traumas throughout my life that I really, I didn't know that they had more to say. So I, I think that I learned how to let my grief speak, my anxiety speak, my fear speak, like all of these things. I mean, it's like for any of us, if someone, if you had something that you really needed to say, something you really needed to express, and someone was like, shut up, sit down, be quiet, that makes you feel horrible and resentful. And for me, I was doing that for almost my entire life to these parts of myself that were hurting, um, that really were just hurting. So I was like, I had to let sometimes anxiety, like throw a tantrum. I had to let grief just sob on the floor. And I think that this work in actually doing it through my body, not just trying to talk myself through it, I almost like could befriend those parts of me and be like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Like, I see that you are hurting. You know that I have been through a lot um, and you're just trying to protect me. And that realization for me was like a total mind switch. I was like, oh my gosh, anxiety is not like this enemy that I need to try to like fight away all the time. Um, and I don't think I could have seen that if it weren't through the body. I don't think I could have dealt with the grief uh, if it weren't through the body because it was almost too painful to try to just like talk myself through. I really had to to let it through. So I think you know, I, it's probably different for different people, kind of what this work does for them. But uh, I realized so much of my trauma that um, I'd been through had not been approached in a way that, honestly, I could even hear it, hear, hear it for what it was saying. Um, and that was the first time I think I heard its voice. Like, I actually really heard it. I love this so much like giving a voice and expression to the parts of us that have like you said I've been told to to sit down and shut up and and to or even just be intellectualized like we often intellectualize our own pain if I just talk about it then that's enough but like to actually like, give it a voice through your body which is where the trauma is stored that's where the grief and the hurt and the pain is stored it's in the body and as I'm hearing you talk about like processing trauma I know a lot of people when they first come into this work, they're like, well, first I need to figure out if this is the right relationship or not. Like first, like that's what I'm coming into this work to do. And I'm hearing you talk about something totally unrelated to what initially brought you into the work, which was the doubt, right? The doubt about your relationship. And so tell me about that, the connection of those two pieces, because you didn't come into this work and sit down and figure out, okay, is this right or not? You came in and you realize, oh my God, there's so much pain in my body. So tell me, like bring us to how that ended up connecting to or impacting or changing these fears and insecurities and, and doubts about your relationship. Yeah, well, I'll say, I think in being able to feel those things that maybe we label sometimes as like negative emotions uh first of all found out they're they're not <laughs> they're all equal in their importance but um i think through feeling something like grief i actually was able to feel love again so that's where the numbness started to melt away i was able to feel creativity and life and love again too um by feeling kind of that other side, those, those things really, I found out go together. 
Um, and that was sort of new to me um, at that time. I used to see them as a little bit separated, um, but uh, it was all just tapping into those feelings with that. And I also think that in particular with some of the trauma I had experienced, it started to make a lot of sense why certain things had even maybe like initially started triggering me. Um, you know, I was very familiar with really being mistreated by people. And then you have this partner come in who's like so kind and so gentle and you actually feel like dysregulated. You're like, what is this? This is so unfamiliar. Um, and that didn't happen at first in our relationship, but at that point when it's like, okay, we're getting really serious, like we're talking moving in, marriage, all of those things, um, it really started to beg the question, I think, deep down in my bones, like, do I deserve love? Like, do I deserve this? Um, so I started to realize that until I grieved all the ways that I was mistreated and abused, I don't know that I fully could like dig into feeling how worthy I was and how much love I really, really deserved. Um, I really had to feel the pain of the past, quite frankly, before I could look at my partner and be like, oh, like I actually can receive this. I can like embrace someone who looks at me like I'm the most beautiful person in the entire world, which was not the case for me ever. You know, that was very new. Um, I even like have a tattoo on my wrist now from, I got it like while I was in the program. It's a quote from Perks of Being a Wallflower, but it's, we accept the love we think we deserve. And um, for a very long time, I pushed away really beautiful, committed love that was like right in front of me. Um, so I didn't think, I think my body even was still in a place of really just dealing with its wounds over and over and over and over again. So I think that that grief brought the love. Yes, yes. And you're speaking to what we refer to as the grief and love stick. Like grief and love are opposite ends of the same thing. And in, like you said, in feeling our grief and becoming alive to our pain, we become more alive to love and connection. And as you grieved the experiences in which you learned that you weren't worthy, it allowed you to open yourself up to believing that you are worthy. And then you weren't pushing the love away anymore. Cause you're like, Oh, wait a minute. And all, you know, our mind is very sneaky and how it pushes away love. You know, it's like, it's not so clear that that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so it's very easy to get like sidetracked by, by what our mind is saying. But as you got into your body, it became very clear to you. It sounds like, like, Oh, my brain has just been trying to push away this wonderful committed human because I subconsciously have learned that I don't deserve that kind of love. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say to that? I was just going to say, I think when I was just in, in the mind, it was tricky because it didn't feel like, oh, I don't deserve this love. It was me being really triggered by everything around me, movies, music, podcast, like I stopped even looking at social media because you would see like couples on there and you're like, oh my God, I don't look like that. I don't, you know, it, it was very disguised. I had no clue that any of that could have potentially had a deeper thing going on with just me. And I think that the bottom line, it, what I've learned from this work very much was this was about me, <laughs> like, like whether my partner had been wonderful or sucked or whatever the case was, this was about me, like being able to, to become empowered in myself and be able to trust myself in that process. And at the time, no, anything anybody said, anything I watched on TV, anything I listened to could flip my brain and the therapist I was working with. 
you know, like her comments, that was the end of it. Like I was kind of like, yeah, everybody else's opinion about everything or different lenses with which they were seeing the world had a very profound effect on me until I realized that my voice was deeply important and that my voice wasn't my thoughts, actually. Like myself, I'll say like that capital S self was not my mind. It was not the racing thoughts. But before that, I totally thought all those, I was like, I'm crazy. Like my thoughts are going nuts. And I thought that I was them. Um, so that was a huge, huge change for me. But like you said, it's sneaky. It was really sneaky. And I had no clue what myself really was feeling and, and experiencing at the time. I am over here clapping and hooting and hollering. I muted myself, but oh, what you're saying is so profound. So through this work, you're learning like to open yourself up to feeling worthy and feeling worthy you see that your voice matters, your opinion matters, which means you trust yourself more, which means you're not taking, you're not getting triggered by everyone else's opinions and everyone else's story. You're able to feel more empowered in yourself, more anchored. And this is also reminding me of where your journey has led you to from here. You're talking about your voice, your worth, your expression, trusting yourself so this allowed you to receive love from your partner this allowed you to trust your decision in the relationship and i'm curious to know how else this rippled effect ripple affected into your life yeah i mean so i i guess we'll first start with kind of a work career setting so i now work as a coach with people uh, a personal coach and also have my own podcast which is called our sacred voices which is clearly yeah very appropriate for what we just said so i'm like i'll start there uh and that's really a, a platform where people can share their stories about finding their own voices which maybe for them it wasn't this journey but but another journey in which they had to find their voice um, in the world where people were kind of telling them that their their stories or who they were uh, weren't enough. Um, and for the coaching that I do, um, it's a plethora of things I work with people with, but um, I use the Enneagram, which is a personality assessment of sorts. And I really take it a step further than like, people kind of taking a personality quiz, we dig into very deeply, like the core of, of who you are and kind of connecting with that capital S self that I was talking about, um, which already was a part of my story, even before this, this body work, just coming into my sexual orientation and kind of leaving the church and really taking that journey, um, but this just took me a step deeper and a step further. Um, and I think that it just allowed me to feel so empowered that I could help others. Cause I used to not feel like I had the confidence and the experience to help other people in any form or fashion. And I was like, no, I, I have something to, sh to share. And I, I really felt empowered in that in a way that I, I couldn't have before. Um, and I'd say like outside of work um, with my relationship, like I obviously mentioned we're engaged. So that's awesome. All of that's great. But just as a an aside, you know, to anybody who hasn't done this work or even who has, who's still kind of like in the midst of a program, it's not like I never feel anxious anymore or that I never feel triggered by things in my life or I never remember trauma that happened. <laughs> it's not that at all. But I think that just now my everyday and the way I approach things when something comes up or even just every day, I don't turn to my head first. Like I really don't try to go down that rabbit hole of figuring out an answer, an answer, an answer. Um, I realized that that 
that type of mode that you get in isn't going to provide you with wisdom. You are in survival mode, you know, at that point. So I really feel like I've learned how to breathe and, you know, hold my heart. And I do that sometimes with clients now too. I, if I feel them in a moment, I'm like, oh, I know how to do this now. Like we can breathe and hold our hearts and move a little bit, shake a little bit. Um, whatever you're feeling, whatever your body needs to do to express itself in that moment, I'm able to do that for myself and other people now too. And I'm hoping to keep just like taking this further. I've got some other things, hopefully in the next few months, I'm looking at going to grad school, actually going to potentially work with some people in, in a more even professional way. But, um, yeah, this has changed my life in so many ways, uh, not just relationship wise, but just period me trusting myself, following my dreams, believing that I am worthy of abundance and beauty and joy and just all the things that, that life has that, you know, when this all started for me, it was about two years ago, I was working with you guys believe it or not, it's been that long. <laughs> um, and at that time, the, like the word joy or beauty, it was so out of reach um, for me at that stage of the game. So I'm just so, so happy and grateful that I'm able to even talk to other people about this work now too, whether that's my clients or friends at a coffee shop. I have shown people like different things they'll be like what do you mean by embodiment work and I'm like watch this and I'll like start shaking or I'll kind of show them what I do I'll be like sometimes when I'm anxious I throw a tantrum in my office and I scream or I roar or I do this and they're like that's kind of weird but I might try it <laughs> and then a lot of times they say it helps so I'm like the more people who can know about this the more people who can share their story and kind of show others like that this stuff is magic, um, the better off so many people's lives will be. I really believe that. And what you're describing is the ripple effects of healing, like from you being able to barely take care of yourself to you now being a coach and empowering other people and even the friends in your life the podcast, all the people who are listening, like the massive ripple effects from just one person, you, like finding that power in yourself, finding that trust in yourself has literally touched so many lives. And that's what healing does. Because when we're in the midst of anxiety, like you said, it's so survival based. And we're always just trying to focus on like, how do I escape the threat? How do I like, how do I just get through the day and to go from that to being able to literally impact the world around you and spread that joy, that love, that hope, that, you know, that invitation for people to connect with their bodies and to connect with their own, the voice of their capital S self. It's just, it's just huge. It's huge. <laughs> no, I, it still blows my mind sometimes when I was thinking about coming onto this podcast today, just remembering what it was like two years ago, a little more than two years ago. Um, I forget sometimes, which is a, a nice feeling most of the time to not be in that anymore. But I forget sometimes what that was like. And then I, I look back and I'm like, wow. I mean, even when I was in the program and I started moving a little bit more and functioning and I mean, it, I couldn't have thought of creating projects of really like putting a dream out in the world. That was too much at that point. Um, but now that body work is such a part of my, my life, it's not kind of a new thing that, that I'm learning. It feels like it's really a part of my life where I just keep doing it more and more and learning new things from it each time. Now that that's like a basis for me, I can actually be creative and have fun and laugh. And it's like, whoa, it's crazy to think two years ago, 
there was just no way I could have dreamt of that. I stopped working. I, you know, couldn't, I could barely feed my cat, you know, like it was just such a different way of living. Um, and my heart breaks for anybody who's been there. And that's why I'm like, we have to keep talking about this work and why I wanted to be a part of this so badly in this podcast, because I think more and more people need to know that this hope is there, that that this is an amazing, amazing relationship you can have with your body that will change your whole life. Yeah, the being in relationship with your body impacts every relationship in your life, your relationship with your partner, your relationship with work and career and friends, like being in relationship with your body and working with your body instead of against it or being so dissociated from it. Like I just, that's why I I will never shut up about this either because it's just like, y'all don't understand like how, how important, how vital this is, how vital it is to not forget your body when you are trying to heal. Like your body holds it all. Your body like is like unlocks this capacity to feel, to create, to experience, to love. Like it's all living in there. Mm -hmm. No, I, I really feel like it has been my lifeline. Like I talked at the beginning about where I was back then and I called literal like lifelines, hotlines. and this was what I needed actually more than, and not that those are not helpful. They absolutely can be. So can therapy. I still see a therapist. Um, all of that is wonderful, but this became my initial lifeline that it was the thing that, that pulled me up from, from under the water. Um, and I will say just for anybody who does deal with maybe relationship OCD specifically or kind of OCD in general. Um, I have done like ERP therapy too, which works for some, you know, everybody's got to kind of try their, their own tools and things like that. But I really feel like the combination of these has been like so crazy helpful for me, Um, just incredibly helpful And I think it's because of the lens that I could enter ERP with because I did body work first. Um, I saw ERP, which is exposure response prevention. Sorry, I should have said that for people listening, but I was able to see it as a means of accessing all of those emotions and kind of choosing to face the fear, to face the emotion, to face all of that. And I think if I had thrown myself right into it, I would have just like flew right out the door. Um, I think the body almost like had my back going into that for the first time. So definitely awesome. But that may may or may not be helpful for for someone else to combine those as well. Yeah. And that's what I also love about hearing each, you know, client's unique journey is that you know, it doesn't just stop with us. Like you continue on your journey and you find like what works for you. And I'll always say like, there's no one size fits all to healing. Of course I am biased and partial. And I'm like, body work is seriously like not just body work, but you know, movement therapy and what we do at Healing Embodied, obviously I'm biased. I'm obsessed. I'm in love with it because literally I'm seeing people like you have these experiences every single day and like find what works for you. And I love that you're describing like doing this work first allowed you to tap into another resource as you were doing like the tough stuff of ERP, like facing your fears, exposures, like you have this additional resource in your body that you could call upon to support you as you were like facing those tough, scary fears that, you know, OCD didn't want you to face. So yeah. And you know, there's a lot of talk out there of like ERP is the gold standard of OCD treatment and don't do anything else. But this is where trusting yourself is so important. Like trust what you need. And this is just a testament to that. Like there isn't a one size fits all to healing. And 
ERP can be a wonderful tool along with other yes. approaches. Yeah, absolutely. No, I am truly grateful I found you guys first because I think that I, my nervous system was in, in such a shock and a bad place that um, although ERP has been super helpful and I'm, I'm grateful for it for myself, um, I don't know that I, I could have gotten there without this first. It really set kind of a a basis for me that I hold like to a very high priority in my life now. Um, really above all else, when it comes to my healing, I go back to the body, back to the body, back to the body again and again and again to support me in anything else that I'm doing, whether that's ERP, mindfulness techniques, you know, whatever it is, the body has to be a part of it every single time. Snaps, snaps for that. <laughs> I so agree. Um, and what a lot of people fear about going into this work is like, oh, what if it's not really relationship anxiety and therefore this won't work? We are hearing here, everyone out there listening, that this work isn't, it will massively impact your relationship anxiety and learning to work with your body is useful for everything for everything, every emotion, every human experience, because you're learning to be with your human, be with your body. And so if that fear is coming up for you of like, well, I don't know if this will work. If it's, if I don't know for sure, it's relationship anxiety. Come into this work with, I'm learning to become one with my body and my emotions and learning to work with the, the pain and the fear and, and the stuff that's just living in my body that's preventing me from trusting myself in all areas of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I thought that doing this work, I was worried about what it could bring up, that it would be like, oh, it's going to cause me to leave my relationship now. Like I'm just going to have confirmation <laughs> that this is what I need to do. Um, I think I also thought that as it went on, that the feelings that were coming up, the emotions were going to almost kill me. Like, oh, oh this is going to overtake me and I don't know how to handle that. Um, but it didn't. It didn't kill me at all. And in fact, I think it saved me. I think that I was feeling like I was dying from not experiencing my emotions in my body. And this really, truly, genuinely like saved my life. And so um, there's a lot of fear that you can have like going into something like this because you there are so many maybe unanswered questions about what this work is going to bring up for you. Um, but there's that beauty that you learn as you keep going with it, that um, you learn to handle the unknown. You learn to, to trust that it was never about the answer anyway. It was never about getting a yes or a no or this or that. It was about just being there with yourself, for yourself, being safe in yourself, the whole entire time. And that was just so mind blowing to me. Um, Cause I thought I was there for an answer. I was scared of what the answer was going to be. I was scared that the answer would hurt me that it, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do it. I wasn't gonna be able to take it. That was not the case at all. I, I was safe no matter what. There you have it, everyone. She just unlocked the code. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Like, I mean, she just gave you a free coaching session. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you're welcome for facilitating the free coaching session from Raven. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously, like mind blown. And I'm just so proud of you. I love like seeing all that you're continuing to do. I love seeing what happens to people beyond this work and how it continues to live on in you. And like you said, it's, it's a way of life now. It's, it's not just like a one and done set and forget. It's how you meet yourself over and over and over again, even in those moments of anxiety and challenges. Like, I just love seeing how this work continues to live in you. 
And I'm so proud of you for stepping into your courage, stepping into your power, taking the risk of starting a, a coaching business and a podcast. It's so much risk. I know that. And I want to give the opportunity for you to plug that stuff some more where people can find you and also just revel in your ray of light. <laughs> That's very sweet. Um, so yeah, I just am called Raven McEvelyn Coaching. So websites, ravenmckevlin.com. Instagram is at Raven McEvelyn. And the podcast I post about that usually on Instagram and that's called Our Sacred Voices and that's really wherever podcasts are, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, that has been a very new, that was the, almost the scariest thing for me to start. <laughs> I, I'm not great with audio. I like, like video and pictures, but I was like, this is terrifying. And I have so thoroughly enjoyed it and feel like now I can just kind of dive in to whatever I feel like doing and trying it out and seeing what happens. And that's such a beautiful and freeing thing that I feel like I'm able to do now. So all thanks to to you and in introducing me to this beautiful work. Uh, I'm going to like post the... Um your website and your Instagram and write type out your podcast in the, in the show notes. And I'm just, I'm so honored to know someone as cool as you. Like I just, I delight. <laughs> you're, your, cool. <laughs> you're cool. You're cool. No, you. <laughs> I really, truly delight, like delight in you as a person, as a human. And I'm, I'm just so beside myself with gratitude that, you know, we got to, to work together and you know, so grateful that this work did for you exactly what it did for me. I mean, and I'm just grateful that I got to pass it on to you and now you're passing it on to other people. And that's just the coolest thing in the world. So thank you so freaking much for being here and, and sharing your, your story. Oh, thank you. This was the best. And like I said, just always happy to see your face, hear your voice, all of that. So it's been an honor. It's been Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. And I will chat with you next time.